Adrift in the great void of space, the personnel on Moonbase Alpha have experienced so much that is strange and inexplicable. They have become accustomed to expecting the unexpected. Paul, did you hear that? You hear what? I don't hear anything unusual. Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. All right, Cool Breeze, we are back. Feel that beat. Let it ride. We are here for another exciting episode of the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, where we take a look at some of the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer through the lens of the seminal 80s and 90s comic guide, the handbook of the Marvel Universe. Let's, uh, let's light that incense. Let's bang that gong. Let's, uh, let's light a scented candle. Let's get the ambiance right, and what scent? What scent do you want to know? It is, it's a cupcake one. I got it over at the Dollar Tree, and it makes my house smell as if there are baked goods, but that's not important right now. Let's, uh, let's move into the show where we are going to take a look at 70s and 80s hard truck driving superhero, the man known as Razorback. You are listening to IC Robots Radio. You can find Razorback in the November 89 official handbook of the Marvel Universe update. Update 89. He is on page 9. In between Quicksand, who is... She's a Thor villain. She is six foot eight and made entirely of sand. She's like that dude that fights uh, Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3, I think. And then... On the other side is the Reavers. The Reavers are the dudes, I think, who in Logan are chasing down Logan and Weapon X-23. I think. I think that they are Reavers. But Razorback is on this page here, and the dude has... He has an amazing costume. It's like a blue-green bodysuit with yellow boots, yellow gloves, and a yellow utility belt, much like Batman. But then... Upon his head, he has a giant headdress of that of a razorback pig. A giant, a giant hog. And his face is coming out right where, right where the mouth would be. And he has two giant tusks, a snout, eyes, ears, and a big ridge along his back. It's a very, very interesting looking costume to say the least. Let's uh, let's take a look at some of the pertinence on our guy Razorback. His real name is Buford, Buford Hollis. I have never known a Buford. The only Buford I've ever even known of is Buford T. Justice in Smoking the Bandit. But I think that it's just kind of a stereotypical hillbilly name they use when they want to they want to illustrate to you that the guy might be might be kind of a country bumpkin, kind of a Kind of a hick sort. His occupation is that of a crime fighter, a trucker, as well as an astronaut. That is an amazing, amazing life's work there. His identity is publicly known. His legal status is that of a citizen of the United States with no criminal record. He has no known aliases. His place of birth is Texarkana, Arkansas. That was a place that I've always heard. I've always heard that word Texarkana, but... I wasn't sure if it was, for example, a region like the Texarkana area of Texas or if it was a city. I now know that it is a city. It is the city that birthed 
Razorback. He is single. He has a sister named Bobby Sue. He is affiliated with NASA and he's an ally of Ulysses Simon Archer and his friends. He operates out of, well, he used to operate out of Texarkana. Now he operates out of the Star Stop. We shall learn about that. And his first appearance was in the shadows. He appeared in Spectacular Spider-Man 12, but then in the next episode, issue number 13, he was fully seen, and that was, that was 1978. I, that is an interesting thing to me. When, at the end of an issue, they'll show a new character that's going to be in the next issue. Is his first appearance when he shows up in the shadows, or is it when he actually fully appears? It's like that Schrodinger's cat, because until he actually fully appears, you don't know who he is. You don't know what he could be. He could be anybody. But then when he fully appears, you realize, oh my god, that's Razorback. Who cares? But I would have to say that technically, the shadow is the first appearance, but as far as me collecting, I want... I went the first time that the dude is actually shown in his, you know, full, his full regalia when he's out there and he's himself. And that would be, that would be number 13, if you ask me. But I would imagine opinions differ on this, and technically, it is the incorrect answer. Now, let us take a look at the, at the history of Razorback. A native of Texarkana, Arkansas, Buford Hollis was an ace truck driver and an aficionado of CB, or Citizen Band Radio. Hollis decided to use his great strength and his talent for inventing to become a costume crime fighter like the ones he read about who were based in New York City. Since Texarkana was in hog country, Hollis decided to design his costume to make himself look like a ferocious boar, and he called himself Razorback. As Razorback, he made a considerable reputation for himself locally as a crime fighter. His greatest achievement before going to New York was the capture of a gang of thieves smuggling CB equipment across <laughs> state lines. That is so great. It's so great when uh, you get to learn about these regional superheroes because the comics focus on, on the big guys, on the Fantastic Four, on the Avengers, on all the... All the New York heroes, and then, like, the West Coast Avenger, and the Avengers, and all that kind of stuff. But the whole middle of the country has their own superheroes who are doing their own thing. They're out there stopping CB thieves. They're doing, you know, stopping guys who are robbing liquor stores. And that's really exciting and interesting to me. And I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind reading more comics about that. Maybe they could make some aimed at the middle of the country, Arkansas, and such. Let's, uh, let's continue. After his younger sister, Bobby Sue, went to New York City to join a pseudo-religious cult, Razorback went north to bring her home. In New York City, he encountered one of his heroes, the costume crime fighter Spider-Man, who was also investigating the cult. Although at first he thought Razorback was an incompetent buffoon, hey now... Spider-Man ended up being very impressed with him as they worked together in defeating the true leader of the cult, the sinister creature called the Man-Beast. The sinister creature called the Man-Beast. That is, that's a good line there. Who had taken the guise of the hate monger, although Bobby Sue herself turned against the Man-Beast. She refused to go home with Razorback after the Man-Beast was defeated, claiming she still had to find a direction for herself in life. Spider-Man consoled Razorback and praised his abilities as a costume crime fighter. That's cool. 
Proud of having proved himself in Spider-Man's eyes, Razorback returned to his career as a superhero in Arkansas. That's really, that's really a cool story. See, our dude, you know, he's back in Arkansas and his sister, his sister goes missing. She's probably always been, always been a good egg and it's odd that she just up and vanished and he gets word that there might be some kind of like suicide cult or whatever in New York and he's just like, I'm gonna have to go there and I'm gonna have to find her and when he gets there, he, he actually encounters like his own hero, the dude known as Spider-Man and at first Spider-Man's like, dude, you are a total idiot but eventually, he knocks enough heads, he fights enough crime that Superman's like, dude, you're dope and then, together, they rescue his sister and with all that done, he goes back home. He probably felt... He probably felt so satisfied. I'm sure he wasn't... I'm sure he wasn't happy that Bobby Sue didn't come back with him, but I would imagine that... I would imagine he's worried, but he might... He might in his heart know that she's out there looking for something that she's not going to find in Arkansas. And maybe she won't find it in the big city either, but it's something she has to look for. She has to... She has to find that inner peace that we all that we all search for. This is, this is a good story. I'm liking, I'm liking the story of Razorback. From here though, things really are going to take an interesting twist for, for our dude Razorback. But let's, let's dig into the VHS vault and excuse me while I, while I angle away from, but I got to find, is this it? No, this is not it. I got to find the blank, the, the blank, the one that I taped. I have a neat truck driving commercial, a truck driving school commercial right here, where if you, uh, I'm going to drop the, if you follow the instructions, you can be like Buford Hollis and drive a truck around the nation. It's probably, it's probably all right. It's probably fun, right? You can see a lot of things. Apply for a job, tell them you have no experience, and they slap you around. In the real world, with no experience or training, you're going to get slapped around a lot. MTA can help you put an end to that. MTA will teach you how to handle the big rigs, and you'll learn on the road in modern equipment. There's financial aid available and a lifetime job search assistance program. When you've completed your classes, you'll have the training you need to compete in the world. So stop getting slapped around. Call MTA today. I wouldn't like it if I went into a job interview and I didn't give them the answers they wanted to hear and then they slapped me. That would show me that I didn't want to work there, I think. That is, that's like, oh, here it is. I was looking all over for this. I have a a Natasha Yar, Galoob uh, Star Trek figure. And did I say Natasha? Why did I say that? I'm Natasha Yar. And I lost her stand the other day. And there it was. I just found it. Now Tasha is sitting here watching us. Yeah, man, if they were, if they were slapping me up during the interview, that's, that's not even... That's not even a small bit cool. Let's let's move forth. Recently, Razorback was contacted by Taryn O'Connell, a young woman who was in love with the ace trucker known as Ulysses Solomon Archer, or USA. He was the driver of a vehicle nicknamed US-1. Archer and a number of his friends had gone into outer space with an alien named Al, but O'Connell, frightened, had stayed behind. Now she was determined to find Archer, who had never, ever not never return. And she persuaded Razorback to help her hijack NASA's new experimental spacecraft, the Star Blazer, to do it. The Star Blazer possessed a warp drive capable of enabling it to navigate at faster than light speeds through hyperspace to reach 
distant star system. Razorback's mutant intuitive ability to drive any vehicle made him an indispensable part of her plan to travel into space. Jennifer Walters, the She-Hulk, attempted to thwart the hijacking but failed and ended up becoming a reluctant passenger on the spacecraft. Things really got interesting there for our guy Razorback, for sure. I mean, one second he's doing this and he's fighting crime and that's all, you know, that's exciting and that is really cool. He got to meet Spider-Man, he got to go to, got to go to the big city and all this stuff, but... When he gets back, he thinks that, he thinks that things are going to be, they're going to be fairly normal back in Texarkana. But when he gets there, next thing you know, he's hijacking a NASA vehicle and he's going off into space. And not only that, he discovers that he is a mutant with the ability to drive any vehicle. He knows that he's always, that he's always been good at truck driving, but now he knows that there was more behind it than he thought. And he met She-Hulk, which is also pretty awesome. As we all know, She-Hulk is a favorite here on the on the IC Robots Earth base. I think she's dope. I think she's a cool character. And Razorback around this time made a few appearances in her comic, the one that was the one that was written and drawn by John Byrne back in the day. That was popular for a minute because they did they did weird stuff like having She-Hulk talk to the readers and talk to the writers, like, look directly into the panels. It was, it was pretty groundbreaking at the time, and the art was, the art was pretty cool. He showed up there a few times, and he also had a run-in with US-1, the, the Marvel truck-driving character. These aliens were, they were kind of poking about, and, well, we're gonna learn all about that in a second. I don't want to, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, so let's continue on with with the saga of Razorback. Okie dokie, arty chokey, let's uh, let's dig back into the history. The Star Blazer, that's the ship that they hijacked. The Star Blazer traveled to the Star Stop, a sort of diner for starship travelers that was operated by Archer's friends, Papa Wheelie, Turn the Page, and Wide Load Annie. It was there that O'Connell learned that Archer had married Mary McGill, Another of the people who had gone into space with him and that she was expecting his child. That must, that must have been quite a disappointment because she, she put together this whole thing where they all went into space looking for dude and this is what happens. But he probably thought that he was done with her, that she had decided to stay behind and he didn't, didn't see himself going back to Earth. So no harm, no foul, no one to blame in this one. Then the alien being, calling himself Zemu, arrived at the Star Stop. Zemu had captured Archer and intended to transform his yet as unborn child into a member of Zenmu's own race. Razorback destroyed the machine with which Zemu, Zenmu, intended to perform the transformation, and the space convoy summoned by Archer took Zenmu into custody. How great! How great is that? They took the uh, they took the whole saga of trucking into outer space. This guy US One was a Marvel character who they gave they gave a pretty big push to. This guy Ulysses Sampson that they were there to the rescue. He he had this whole deal where he he was trucking around the U.S. and then eventually he was trucking in space and Razorback went up there and he was trucking in space too. How dope is that? Let me tell you, it's pretty dope. I enjoy that. I like that storyline. It uh. It makes me happy. It makes me happy because 
It's just so silly, but it's also neat. Something, it's something fantastic. Comics, comics should do things like that all the more often. She-Hulk contacted NASA and explained what Hollis and O'Connell had done and why. Impressed with Hollis's skill in guiding the Star Blazer into space, NASA waived any criminal charges and they offered him a job continuing the Star Blazer's shakedown cruise through space. Hollis happily accepted the offer. Moreover, O'Connell and Hollis discovered that they had fallen in love. That's so cool. So, all right, he's already like, he's already out in space and he's trucking along and She-Hulk's like, look dudes, look NASA dudes. He didn't, he didn't mean any harm. He was just going up there to try to rescue one of his bros. And plus, this guy can fly the heck out of that thing. So NASA's like, you know what? You're right. So they decided, hey man, since you're already out there, why don't you just, why don't you just keep going, dude? Just keep, keep going on your adventure and uh, let us know what you find. And he's like, hey man, I'm down with that. So he's off in space doing his thing. And not only that, he's in love. But things didn't work out all that well for him. They didn't work out terribly. And this isn't, this isn't in the guide. This is just, this is just some stuff I know. During the secret invasion that was the Skrull invasion storyline, Razorback was revealed to be a Skrull. At the time, he was a member of one of the 50 state initiative teams. He was in, he was in the team representing Arkansas. And during a big, uh, big event, he was revealed to have been replaced by a scroll. That must, that must really hurt. I imagine that they got a hold of him when he was, when he was in outer space out there trucking around. They grabbed him and they replaced him. So... One would not know how long on Earth the person we thought to be Razorback was, in fact, a scroll. The last time, the last time that we see Razorback in the current Marvel Universe, he is shown at a support group for people who were replaced by scrolls. I I have actually found out that since then he has been reinitiated into the into the Arkansas Avengers and that he is, he's being trained by Tigra, who was also replaced by a Skrull, if I'm thinking right, but I, I might not be right about that. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent certain. So there you have it. That is essentially the history of Razorback. Let's, uh, let's go over some of the last few pertinents. He is six foot eight in his costume. He is nine feet tall. He weighs 400 and 10 pounds, dude is gigantic, his eyes are blue, his hair is black, he possesses the normal strength of a man of his age, he has the mutant of power to drive any vehicle, even if he has no previous knowledge of that vehicle. I read, I read in a more current Marvel wiki that during the, uh, whole House of M, Day of M thing, he in fact lost his mutant abilities, so he is... Just back to being himself, but he was always a good driver in the first place, so it would be, it would be alright. He is a highly formidable hand-to-hand combatant who is very talented in mechanics. His Razorback helmet can electrify at the main, and he has used that to zap Spider-Man, which I can see in a picture here. Let's, let's go online right quick, and we will see how much the first appearance of... Razorback, the Spectacular Spider-Man, number, number 13. I am, 
I've already logged on because I am on the Earth base, and that means I don't have the dial-up. I am now entering in the data. And let's see, you can get a graded copy. It's graded 9.6 for 96 bucks. That's a bit high. Look, here's one ungraded 575. Let's look at some of the solds. Here is one, one sold for $2.99. Here is another one for $6.75 in pretty good condition. That's with free shipping and I'm going to give you a peek behind the curtain. This one here that sold for $6.75, I actually bought that. I was going to buy the $2.99 one, but when I when I looked into it, I saw that I saw that the cover was unattached. So, I I sometimes like to buy these ones that I do the episodes about just kind of as a memento for having spent this time with you and learned about this character. So, I guess that is I guess that's about it. Razorback wasn't somebody that I was overly familiar with. I discovered him while flipping through one of these guides that I got at the flea market. And I thought the whole thing with the trucking and all that was... I thought that was pretty interesting. And when I found out he was a squirrel, I felt bad for him. That must... that must really hurt. Imagine you're imprisoned. You're in outer space. You never... you never think that you are going to get back to Earth. But then eventually somehow you fight your way back and you find out that the whole time you were gone... You were replaced by an exact duplicate of you that was evil. Now, this had nothing to do with you, and you didn't do it, but people still are going to look at you different. That's just... That's just how people are, and they can't help it. So, the whole thing is sad. I understand why... Understand why Homie was in that support group. So, with all that said, I think we're gonna... I think we're gonna get out of here. This one's a bit shorter than the norm, but... They, uh, they just gotta be... As long as they are, let me, I'm going to power down the uh, recording station here. So, going to head out. Uh, until then, until I see you guys next, make my marvel. This has been an IC Robots Radio production.